Welcome to the Badass CEO Podcast. This is Mimi McLean. I'm a mom of five, entrepreneur, Columbia Business School grad, CPA, and angel investor. And I'm here to share with you my passion for entrepreneurship. Throughout my career, I have met many incredible people who have started businesses, disrupted industries, persevered, and turned opportunity into success. Each episode, we will discuss what it takes to become and continue to be a badass CEO, directly from the entrepreneurs who have made it happen. If you're new in your career, dreaming about starting your own business, or already an entrepreneur, the Badass CEO Podcast is for you. I want to give you the drive and tools needed to succeed in following your dreams. Welcome back to the Badass CEO. This is your host, Mimi McLean. And today we have Sarah Dorset, and she's the CEO of Nanit, a high growth baby tech company that supports the new parent journey with products that connect parents to their children's development through powerful insights that improve the sleep and well being of the entire family. Under Sarah's leadership, Nanit has been named to Fast Company's most innovative companies, Deloitte Touche's Fast 500 and CNBC's Upstart 100 list of most promising startups. An e-commerce leader with more than two decades of experiencing scaling retail businesses, Sarah previously served as Vice President of E-commerce at Bed Bath & Beyond and held executive roles at Bloomingdale's.com, Century 21 Department Stores, and Cody. Aside from her corporate responsibilities, she's a mom of three and founder of Parkin Jewelry. Thank you for tuning in today. Please subscribe so that way you get notifications on our next podcast, which come out every Thursday. In addition, hop on over to thebadassceo.com to sign up for our newsletter so that you'll be also notified of our weekly blogs and weekly podcasts. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your time. You had some amazing jobs in corporate America. And so I would love to just start out by talking about like your transition from corporate America to deciding, okay, I have this idea. I'm going to jump and and do my own thing because that's a big leap for a lot of people to do. So I would love to just walk through your like what you were thinking and how you actually did that. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I love to talk about that transition because you're right. It's not exactly easy. One thing I should probably clarify is that I'm not the actual original founder of Nanit. I came in to really drive the business. So once the product was created, um, I was brought in to, to build the, the entire business side of the organization. Yes, my background is in corporate America in most cases, but I would say that I was largely in a bit of a integrated incubator. That's kind of what I call it because e-commerce and the businesses that I worked in was not established yet. So I largely came in as the builder of this brand new thing called a website (laughs) and an e-commerce business to a very, an organization that was entrenched in store culture and physical stores and, and all of this kind of, all of the things that are built around that legendary, you know, experience of building a store and making it so special and that one-to-one engagement with customers. And then I would come into a retail business like Bloomingdale's or Century 21 department stores. And everyone would say, I don't know what this e-commerce thing is. So I largely was almost 
a startup within a larger organization in many cases. So when I came to Nanit, it felt actually very comfortable to come into this and say, okay, well, I'm I'm really building again, you know? And so I think that experience has actually um, made the landing a little softer for me than if I were to just kind of branch out on my own. Where was Nanit at that point when you joined? Like, was it already selling and then you just kind of grew it or was it kind of still an incubator phase? It was not officially pre-market. They sort of just launched the product and they had started to work out some of the kinks for that product. The business was very, very small. So the distribution channels were very small. It was largely just D to C and maybe a few wholesale channels that they were dipping their toe into. There was still product challenges to work through. So the the camera was still being iterated on a little bit at the time. So um, when I walked in, they were just about to launch a better version of the camera so that it solved a lot of the problems that the, the first version had. So it was very much like a new to market product, I would say when I walked in. Do you mind me going back to like your experience at Bloomingdale's? How did you know, because we were talking briefly before, because we both worked at Bloomingdale's and you kind of ran the e-commerce, where did you get your experience from for that? Like, because it was so new, I always wondered like, okay, where did the person who runs e-commerce come from? Because there there was no (laughs) e-commerce. Yeah. You learn under fire or... (laughs) I'm so lucky because back then, you're right, no one had any e-commerce experience. It was learn as you go. All of the companies I worked in before Bloomingdale's, I had always been given the website. It wasn't really important to the business. It wasn't really an e-commerce business, but I have a technical background from childhood. My father's in engineering and and he was in programming. And then I I was more of an artist than anything else, I think. So kind of that combination of engineering, art and science is what I always... Um, I think why my passion for e-commerce started to grow and why I just kind of fell into the, the right job. But my previous jobs leading up to Bloomingdale's were okay, Sarah, do all this kind of like integrated marketing type of thing, you know, much more visionary, innovative stuff. Um, But you'll always have the website because the website is where all of that integration can happen and that sort of two-way dialogue can happen. And it's such an immersive medium. And so I was just playing with websites for years for companies like Cody and Estee Lauder and Frederick Fakai, all these beauty brands. Ultimately, that organically grew because I was the only one touching it. So I learned how to do marketing. I learned how to build the website. I learned how to work with engineers. I learned how to run sort of Q&A and launch websites. And I just learned everything about how an e-commerce website worked. And so by the time I got to Bloomingdale's, I was already pretty experienced, but not very many people were actually given that opportunity. You know, um, a lot of people thought that websites at the time, if you had a web person or somebody dedicated to e-commerce, it was usually just one person. So back then you would have one person would have a ton of experience. And then as I started, as my career started to grow, I started to notice there was a lot of specializing, you know, now people have specific experience in different types of digital marketing, like SEO or specifically, you know, social media. And so everybody's very, very, no, there's not a lot of opportunity to get the type of experience that I got. Right. Back then it was like, almost like also a pamphlet, right? You know, it was like a pamphlet online. It was an information yeah, it was information portal. Like it wasn't like when I graduated from business school, my idea was to try to get e-commerce on there. Like, so I remember going around to retailers being like, don't you want to sell your stuff online and trying to convince them? And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, no, how would it get to their door? Like, I don't even think FedEx was even that popular back then. Right. I mean, it just delivered things overnight. It wasn't for business people. It wasn't like a normal portal for, for sending packages for, you know, rule la la. But it's funny because it's just, 
in, in such a short time, it's gone crazy. So, okay. So let's get back to Nanette. So you join there and can you just tell everybody like what the product is? Cause it's actually really cool and innovative and it's kind of changing the landscape for new parents. So Nanit today is a platform, but it, the platform, the entry point to the platform is the world's smartest camera. So it's a camera that kind of does processing and thinking for parents uh, because it's built on a foundation of computer vision technology, which essentially can help parents see what they normally wouldn't. So if you think of the camera itself, I always like to say it's sort of like the lens of your eye is connected to the CPU of the camera and those two things working together process information based on what the camera is ingesting from the crib. So it sees kind of how the baby's doing and how long they're sleeping and how and and when they wake up and when they put themselves back to sleep and how often the parents are coming in and it can see all of the activity going on in the crib from rolling over to smiling to talking. And ultimately it packages up all of that information and helps parents not only understand it, but also learn how to use it. Today, there is an entire sleep training program that's triggered by an individual family's um, activity and a baby's development. But in addition to that, we're able to build products. That's why it's a platform. We're able to build products off of the camera itself that tie into the experience. So we've built or we've created baby sleepwear that has just a simple pattern printed on on the chest of the sleepwear, but the technology is so smart that it knows what that pattern looks like and it knows that it can track the movement of that pattern. So if it's printed on a baby's chest, we can now tell you whether your baby is, is breathing regularly or not. Same with sheets. We we take almost everyday items that have been around forever that you know babies and parents love and turn them and give them a little bit of extra innovation. So we have just, a, again, there's actually no um, electronics on anything, which is really nice. Just the the vision tech. So we have sheets for the crib that have patterns printed on them. The camera can recognize those patterns as calibration targets. So again, it's just what the camera can see. Calibrate the size of that sheet so that anything that you put in between those targets, the, the camera can measure. So the camera can now measure your baby every single day if you'd like to see how they're growing because we all know babies are growing like crazy. And we can do that with just about any product. So you can build anything off of it and then you can kind of tell your camera to go and learn learn about it. So that's kind of what we're doing. And then we have such an incredibly engaged audience because so many people are engaged in our app and in our community and it becomes a daily part of their life. And the entire family becomes connected using Nanit. That engagement has created an incredible feedback loop for us. So they're constantly engaging with us. We can ask our parents almost anything and they'll talk back to us. Um, So it's a pretty incredible um, brand experience. Very different if you compare it to my e-commerce past, which was very transactional, right? I bought your dress and now I don't know who you are and I don't know what you did with it. And I don't know, you know, whether you liked it, you didn't like it, what what you want to purchase next. With Nanit, we wait for the customers to tell us. So it's this really lovely place where you get to keep your data it's safe, it's protected, it's yours. But because you're you're here with us every single day, we leave the door open for your questions, your concerns, your recommendations, your advice. And then we, we, we try to answer in the most innovative way possible. Great. And so you're saying it's not electrical, so it's safe for the baby. It's not like they're wearing a, like a, a device that's talking like wirelessly to it or anything. Yep. The products are just, we can build just about any, or we can create just about any product that already exists today. And the camera can do something with it. 
It can watch something happen. It can watch the baby develop. So if you think about something like a, a play mat, we've all used play mats for our babies. The camera, eventually this is on our roadmap, the camera could see the types of things that your baby's engaging with and make recommendations. Okay, your baby's kind of bored with that one, doesn't like this one. Maybe it's time to change out this. See how long baby's been on their tummy or maybe even on one side of their head and alert you to time to make a change, time to make a shift. Baby's been on their tummy for five minutes now, so you're done for the day, mom. You know, so there's all these amazing things that the cam- the camera is so smart. It can be trained. The camera itself can be trained. We train it to do all of these kind of amazing things. So those are the, that's what's possible with Nanit. Would you be able to like in the future, be able to be like, okay, your child may have, you know, autistic tendencies or something like that, where you trigger, because it's like all those type of issues, it's earlier the intervention, the better, right? So like if a parent has to wait until you go to a pediatrician or into, you know, kindergarten or nursery school for the teacher to flag that, whereas if you could say to them, like, wait a second, they're not, they're a little lagging on their, you know, lifting their head or whatever typical symptoms are. My favorite thing about talking to moms like yourself is they pick up on that right away. And that's exactly what I picked up on when I came in and met the founders of this company, because that was the foundation was this information is so incredibly valuable to child development and child wellness. And today the the company was actually built on an academic scientific foundation. So there was a huge partnership with sleep research and, and pediatric sleep experts all over the world who helped define kind of the, the sleep approach and, the, and what do you need to track and what would be helpful for parents and how do you build it? Uh, but we always knew that this kind of human analytics idea would be incredibly valuable to the scientific and medical community as well as just to parents you know wouldn't it be great if you if you knew something or you knew you were leading headed in a direction and you could get in front of it so we have today we ask our parents some of them actually everyone but we we have quite a huge set of parents who agree to have their their anonymized data used in clinical trials, which we partner with various research institutions and scientists all over the world today on studies around early detection of autism, like you said, on sleep apnea, on how sleep impacts child development, because we know it impacts us as adults. But can you imagine as you're you're developing at a crazy rate as a child, sleep is probably a hundred times more important and has such a huge impact when your body is developing and your brain is developing so much faster at such an incredible rate. So for us, we're sort of the only ones who really know how to do that how to lead those partnerships and doctors and scientists value us because we see what they can't. So the camera really helps them understand what's going on and gives them a point of reference so they can do studies at scale. Usually infant studies and and child studies are hard to build because just recruiting a healthy child or a healthy baby to be studied um, in any meaningful way is incredibly difficult. You either have to ask parents to record everything they're doing and what parent has time to do that, or you have to, you know, have somebody watching um, the child. And that's hard to kind of, to manage as well. You know, you want your child to just live a, a happy, normal life. So Nanit is there to, um, to, to bridge that gap. That's great. So when you joined Nanit, looking back, like what has been the most um, surprising obstacle or difficulty that you didn't expect? Well, I think for me, what was amazing is the product itself, parents just loved. So I thought this has just this has better product market fit than any product I've ever seen in the millions of products that I've sold. 
But one of the interesting obstacles I think for me was actually on the other side of the business. When you think about more the investor community, more so than anything else, um, the, the investor community tends to have heartburn around hardware. And that was the thing that I think was the most shocking. Why is that? Hardware is cash intense. So you have to produce it and you have to spend money on it. Um, it's not the same as just developing, hiring a bunch of engineers and developing kind of a software product, which is kind of the sexy version of, of investing. So the biggest eye-opening thing for me was coming into a business that is an investor-backed business instead of running, you know, working for a corporation where there's a different, there's a different level of funding, maybe you could say, and kind of getting over this idea that, you know, this was a physical product that could do incredible things, but the fact that it had to be, you know, kind of built and constructed and you had to invest in the product itself, I think I'm still a little surprised that there's any anxiety, you know, around around that side of the business. So did it have funding when you arrived it, or you just needed additional funding? No, we had incredible, we have incredible investors. It had funding um, and it still does. It, do, it still does have great funding. Um, I was just surprised, you know, I think it just, it sort of, it, it just sort of surprised me that there wasn't more of a, a love for hardware. Well, I think if it had like a subscription model attached to it, it's kind of like the Aura Ring, right? You know, you bought, we bought the Aura Ring or at least I bought it a couple of years ago. It was expensive, a couple hundred dollars. You buy it. But now they've changed the now they've changed it because it was a free app before, but now they've switched it. To, it's expensive. It's like thirty dollars a month or something just to be able to use the app now to go along with your ring. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. That's like such a big difference. So right, it's like it's like that whole model. That's what they want. They want you to be able to invest. It seems the same thing with the bikes, right? You know, it's like it's not the bike. It's the hundred dollars a month that they're counting on. They love the subscription model. Do you, you don't have a subscription model, do you? We, we do. We have a huge subscription model, actually. But it's not it's not that. That's what's so interesting is our subscription model, I would consider to be very reasonable. And it's always been there. So when you buy a camera, the first year is free. So it's included. Um, and then it's I think it's a pretty light lift when you compare it to Peloton. You know, it's $5 a month compared to $39 a month, you know, or $20 a month or anything like that. And this is your child. This is your family, right? And the only reason that subscription model is there is to help us build better and better features to help parents. And because it's constantly um, streaming, you know, and it's it's collecting information, you know, and so the camera just needs needs to run on a lot of power. So that subscription model really helps helps um, the te- technological advancement of the business itself, um, which may be different from just kind of a straight revenue model that you might think of when you think of other um, hardware software type of combos. You know, I think ours we've always tried to keep it very reasonable so that we could continue to add a lot of value um, around how unique and special this product is, but also being sensitive to the idea that parents have to spend money on a lot of stuff, you know? So is this a really good investment or not? And um, we think that because it stays with you for quite some time and you're learning about your child and maybe you're learning what things to spend your money on, you know, because of what you're seeing um, as your child develops, that this is, this is probably a, a good long-term investment for you as a parent that can frankly help save you a lot of money in the end. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of benefit to it, but, but that is the side of the business that is, that is also really, I think, attractive is having that, that model when it comes to, um, to hardware. But yeah, those are kind of the 
some of the things that were a little bit more more surprising to me. Right. No, definitely. I could see that. I mean, yeah, I would see why that would be the case. So I guess my, my, my next question is how hard, once you were there, like you were trying to grow it, you said there was only a little bit direct to consumer. So at that point, I mean, I would assume because you came from Bed Bath & Beyond, you knew who to call. You knew who the buyer was. <laughs> I did. Um, I did, but I also had a sales... Uh, there was a salesperson, bless her heart, who who she's still our head of sales in the company, who also had a, a lot of the same relationships that I had. So it was really nice to walk into an organization and say, oh yeah, we know so-and-so and so-and-so. Let's go and talk to them. And it was very easy for, um, for, for her to really... Um, build out those sales channels for us pretty quickly. And we stayed hyper-focused um, on the channels that we knew could, because we knew we knew how successful they could be. Um, we knew all the, all the rules of engagement, if you will. Um, and it was, it was really nice because she had the relationships and she knew kind of how the whole, um, all of their business models worked. And then I had the e-commerce experience. So I knew how to really help. A lot of companies want to bring on a new product, but they want to start with e-com first. They, it's harder to, you know, bring that product into their stores and get it set up on a shelf. And so they, they test it online first. And I, I was able to come in and help bring some of that experience to you. So the combination helped us quickly get, um, distribution in, in very big channels. Mm-hmm. What do you see as your biggest growing pain at this point? Speed. Speed of like growing or, or, or actually the product, getting the product? Getting more and more um, features. So we, at this point, we have so much scale and we can do so much. Like I kind of mentioned, we can we can build almost anything. We can create um, digital experiences for parents that are almost mind-blowing, you know, that, that no one's ever really thought of. And it's just delivering those things um, as fast as we can. That's probably, that's what keeps me up at night is, you know, um, it's it's the amount of choices and the opportunity that this brand has to to help families. You know, I want it, I want it all done yesterday because you can see it right there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would also think that like trying to figure out how to keep your customers, right? Because they probably think, okay, it's a baby camera. Once they're out of the crib, do you lose them as customers or is there a way to keep them through the life cycle of them, you know, into elementary school? What we've seen is that our parents actually do get very, they're so engaged with the experience. I think they spend about four hours a day on the, in the camera and it's mom, dad, and sometimes even grandparents and caregivers. So they're not quick to give it up once baby leaves the crib. It's also portable. So it actually pops off the kind of crib mount and you can turn it into a bit of an, a bit of a, um, almost like a nest. If you think about it, it can be very, very portable. Um, you know, in fact, our, the travel kind of case and the and the things that we do to make it portable are, are also extremely popular. What we see is that families don't necessarily want to give it up, which we think is great, um, and they have more than one child pretty quickly. So they're they're keeping their nanny, you know, as additional babies are 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 born and and families are growing. What I like to recommend is that parents continue to use it at the very least for sleep because we are constantly introducing new features for different different ages of the child. So age, you know, we've got first year pretty much covered. We've got year two is is kicked off in pretty strong. Year three and year two look alike um, in many ways, um, but we are definitely growing the the digital offering well past, you know, kind of the crib stage. But Understanding your child's sleep as they get more active sometimes for me is I have a hard time balancing. Is it more important to do it then even than before? I know we want to get our kids sleeping and we want them to get them into these healthy patterns, but 
I also want to know if they will have a better day if they sleep better or if they will be happier with the if if they will be more excited or more engaged in the activities um, that they like or able to even process information um, easier and not kind of melt down, you know, if they if they have a certain amount of sleep. So I really encourage parents to continue to use the camera or sleep tracking um, and really, really pay attention to their day and what their sleep data is telling them. What size um, pajamas do you go up to? They <laughs> go up to two years. <laughs> so you need like, you need to, um, pajamas that go up to like toddler and six and seven, right? So that like, like, I have a daughter who we put her in and she's seven and she's had some sleep studies, which is very traumatic to take him to a sleep study place, you know, that I wish I could have just been like, okay, I'll buy this instead. And, you know, but still to this day, she's got sleep issues. I'm like, Ooh, so like, do you have other sheets that are not crib size that are like, you know, queen or twin or pajamas that I could put her in or a mat or something? Well, the sleep, the sleep just happens on the camera. So you only need the camera for sleep. The apparel is for breathing today and the sheets are for measuring growth. So those are definitely more for stages of development, but the camera is really designed for sleep. So you only need the camera and you can put the camera over a bed or you can put it over a toddler bed or you can put it over the crib. You can put it wherever you want it. But yeah, it can really help you understand, you know, what's going on with their sleep patterns. That's great. So just to close up, do you have any advice for any woman that is looking to, you know, leave their company and go to a startup with, you know, there's obviously risk to going to a startup and leaving a big corporate job. And then also running, you know, a startup as a CEO, you know, advice to that as well. Well, I highly recommend it. (laughs) The only thing that I would say, it really depends on sort of, you know, on who you are. Um, in my case, I love building things and I, I you know, I, I tend to rev a little higher. So I like to work at a fast pace. I like to constantly be discovering and creating. Um, and I think if your mindset is sort of in that mode and you're okay with, you know, taking a bit of a leap of faith, you know, and kind of trusting yourself and seeing how far you can push yourself, then moving into the startup world is phenomenally rewarding <laughs> from that respect. Um, so I, I, I absolutely encourage it. I also encourage women to do it as, you know, it doesn't have to be forever. Remember, you know, it can be, you can take a break from that corporate world for a couple of years and not completely destroy your career. You know, you can go out there and, and take that risk. Um, but it's, if it doesn't work out for you and if it's not the right thing for you, um, it's not, it's not going to show up as a bad choice. You know, it actually oftentimes makes you look like somebody who is willing to take a chance and dive into something new and experience the unknown a little bit. So I think it's a, it's a very healthy move if you can kind of set yourself up financially to do it. Because sometimes there is a, there is a shift there that you need to be aware of. Um, it's not as, there's not as much of a safety net, I would say in the startup world. As a CEO, oh my goodness, I think uh, that's one of those things where you have to really trust yourself um, quite a bit when you move into the CEO role. You have to be willing to lean into your gut a little bit. And I think that was something that I had to really, I think I was able to safely make a lot of sort of um, instinctive decisions when I was in more of the corporate world. And then when I became a CEO, I think I thought, oh, is that the best thing to do anymore? You know, now I'm a CEO. Like I shouldn't drag all these people behind me because my instinct tells me I should do this thing. But more and more, I started to realize that was actually what made me successful when I was in the corporate world. So you really, I think, have to kind of lean into 
you know, um, your experiences when you become a CEO, no matter what they are, they're super, super helpful. Um, and then be very open to, to learning and absorbing information, um, especially in a sort of high growth tech-based company. There's so many opportunities to learn. Um, don't be afraid to, to reach out. There's a lot of people who want to help you and give you advice and work through problems together. So those are the, my, my two pieces of advice. That's great. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really, really appreciate it. And then um, for anybody who's listening and wants to check out like where, I mean, I guess the best place is to go to your website to get a camera or to, or is it to, um, you know, go to like Amazon or Bed, bath, and beyond. So it's nana, N-A-N-I-T dot com, which I assume you can buy there. Yeah, you can. You can also probably get it at any of your favorite baby stores. <laughs> yeah, nana.com is a great place um, to learn all about the brands and the products. You'll have the most information there. Our social channels will really help you understand kind of the personality and the things that we advocate for as, as very much a mission-driven company. And then, you know, if you're, if you're starting a family and you want to add us to your baby registries, we're on all the big ones. So Amazon, Baby List, Bye Bye Baby, Walmart. Great. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on The Badass CEO. To get your copy of the top 10 tips every entrepreneur should know, go to thebadassceo.com forward slash tips. Also, please leave a review as it helps others find us. If you have any ideas or suggestions, I would love to hear them. So email me at mimi at thebadassceo.com. See you next week and thank you for listening.